From the Church of the Nazarene and Mesoamerica Genesis, you're listening to the Worthless Servants Podcast. Hello and welcome back to the Worthless Servants Podcast. We are a podcast that deals with missions, culture, and healthy church, and I have a few Worthless Servants with me. Uh, we're not all here, but Natalie, for those who love uh, hearing from Natalie, she's not with us today. She has some prior commitments, but to my right, Emily Armstrong. Hello, everyone. And from Barbados, we have Reverend Dario Richards. Hello. <laughs> And For some reason, whenever you say hello, it always makes me laugh. <laughs> yes. Well, he does it a little differently each time. I, or does he do it the same every time? I feel like it is different. Um, well, and I am Scott Armstrong. And uh, today, I'm just going to kind of uh, hand it over. I'd like to just know a little bit about, of course, I've said we, we deal with missions and culture and healthy church. Emily, why don't you start us? Is there something you've been thinking about that's really dealt with any of those topics? Yeah, I think the uh, topic that I have is more of a meta topic, and you could probably layer it on top of any of those three missions, culture, or healthy church. And um, something that I feel like for the past few years has been a little buzzword uh, ish in, in circles that I've been in. And I'd be interested to know if this is maybe a gender difference since I'm sitting here with Dario and Scott, if you guys hear these things too, or if it's something that's, uh, the, the issues that I'm in because I'm a woman, I'm working, I'm a mom, I'm, you know, all these things. And so there's a lot of people that talk about this thing called a work life balance. And I have heard it for, years probably. And I feel like just over the past two or three years, whenever I'm listening to a podcast and it's a professional woman, that it's also a mom that um, is trying to like do it all, right? Like the question usually comes up of how do you find work-life balance? How, how do you balance? Well, what are your secrets? You've been able to come to the top of your, your professional career. We're here interviewing you and you're also a really great mom at home and a wife and like, how do you do it? What's the secret? And I found myself probably about two years ago thinking, I used to really want to have balance in life. And I thought that that meant that everything was really just in place. And like every day that I woke up, everything was set. And almost like in football, when you've got like these set pieces, like when we're watching a game, there's certain plays, right? And they're like, they worked out a play and they're set pieces. You know, it's coming in from the corner and it's going to hit off of somebody's head and they're going to try their best to get in the goal. But it's these set pieces, that's balance. That's what life looks like. And I feel like a lot of people, desire balance to be that in life. However, I've not experienced in my life that that's what my everyday is. And one of the questions that we're asked frequently when we're on home assignment is, what's a typical day? And just a couple of days ago, I was talking to Scott and we were doing some legal document, something or other. And, and I told him, I said, we don't have typical days. Like there is not when somebody asks us that question and says, well, what do you do with your 40 to 50 to 60 hours a week of work, you know, of ministry? There is not a standard answer that we can find ourselves constantly going back to. And so as I've been working through those concepts of balance myself and trying to take out of my mind kind of that set piece mentality, you know, of like, okay, everything's in place and I really just have to play the day as it's supposed to go and everything's planned out and I'm just going to do it exactly the way I'm supposed to do. I heard a metaphor just a few weeks ago and somebody was talking about they've really tried to grab onto this concept of balance using more of what balance truly is. And so they were talking about, you know, when you 
see somebody that is um, spinning plates on a uh, on a pole, you know, it's like they get one going and then they get the second one going, but it's not like it's constantly spinning. They get to maybe the third one or the fourth one and they have to go back to the first one and they have to give it a little bit more momentum again so that it doesn't fall. And who knows how many plates that they can get up if they're really good, they can get, you know, 10 or, and keep them all spinning at the same time. However, there comes a moment where something is going to give, something is going to fall. And balance is typically something that's more like the momentum of the the thing that we have to put momentum behind at that moment in time. And she said, so I like to think of it more as like I'm juggling, she said. And so when I think about juggling the things that I have in my life, I like to think of them as there are rubber balls and there are glass balls. And she said, I'm juggling them all. And she said, there are glass balls that I cannot let drop. And so I need to figure out in my life what those glass balls are. She said, in my life, it's being a mom. She said, I refuse to let that glass ball drop. She said, and so there are times when I need to shift some priorities so that I can be the mom at every, every moment of every time. I will not let that ball drop because when that ball drops and it shatters, it takes forever to pick up and start again. She said, so I will not let, you know, my motherhood, I will not let my marriage. And so she started to name these priorities in her life that were glass balls that she will prioritize every day, every, every time she will prioritize those things. And she said, but then there's also things in life that are priorities and they are important and they are more like glass balls. And she said, I know that I cannot keep all of the balls in the air at the same time. She said, and so the rubber balls are the ones that will fall sometimes. And she said, where I've come and where I find myself on this in my own journey is when those balls fall, I need to be humble enough to say, yep, that one fell and I needed to keep the glass balls in the air at this moment in time, but I'm also going to bend down, pick it up and get it back into rotation again. She said, because it's a rubber ball, because it can get back into rotation again. It might take a little while to get the momentum back up there, but it's going to come back because it's a rubber ball and it bounces back. And so, I guess I bring that to you guys because um, I feel like sometimes we're stuck in, even in church and ministry, we talk about ministry concepts of it's a 24 hour a day job. You know, you don't, you don't check in, you don't punch in, you don't punch out. You're not an hourly worker. You're just constantly going. And, um, so, so to me, I've been working through that as a woman, but I would love to know even as men, as professionals, as ministers of the gospel, as husbands, as fathers, as you guys are full with stuff too. What are some of the things that you guys, um, have thought about of work-life balance or have you heard that juggling metaphor? Is it something that maybe is new to you? I'm curious. Uh, what would be an example of a rubber ball that you have dropped before? I think for me, um, I've had to get to the point where certain even ministry projects are rubber balls. And so I would put that in the way of there are certain pieces of what we do in ministry that even though it had maybe a hard deadline of like, let's say, reconciling a, a financial account that I was not able to get to it, you know, at a certain point in time. And it fell on that day because I was, I was doing something else or I had to prioritize something else, but then I was able to come back in three or four days and get it back into rotation and pick it up and say my apologies and say, I'm human. And, and I'm sorry, my, my time just ran out. I literally humanly was not able to get this one done. 
So maybe that's just a, an easy example. Yeah. There have been times in our ministry and in missions that there are things that just interrupt and stuff that we could not have planned. And uh, you have to just realize, well, being a perfectionist is not going to help me here. For my own health, for my family's health, uh, we're, <laughs> it's, it's hard to say because I always, like I entered the ministry saying, we must do everything with excellence. And I still believe that as a concept. But honestly, there have been times where I have recognized I have to just do the best that I can. And maybe it's not the best that I would have wanted for that project or for that specific moment. Uh, I don't know if that makes sense. Dario, what, what do you think? And are you, are you in agreement or are you kind of like, ah, I don't know if I get this analogy. Yeah, no, I, I agree 100%. Um, I, I heard the analogy before and it's something that I too try to apply to my own life. Um, so I agree with the analogy and the idea 100%. I think I could also introduce what I have been thinking about here because I think what I've been thinking about is like, the other side of the same coin mm-hmm. <laughs> of, of what Emily would have shared. Uh, so what I have me thinking about um, is seasons, you know, seasons of life specifically. And it, it came out of, you know, like I'm currently in a place in life where, where there's a lot of growing things and growing opportunities around me. Um, so my family is growing, in a, you know, <laughs> a newborn baby is going to be in the house. Um, there are ministry opportunities that are growing and the demand of um, what is required is growing. And, and then with some other other things that I do, there are growing opportunities there as well. And all of these things that are growing in my mind are priorities and things that I feel called to and excited about. So I was, I was talking to my mentor complaining about the growth happening in my life. And and just to summarize what he said to me, which I thought was it was so simple yet so profound, he, he said to me that, you know, it seems like I am thinking in permanence when I should be planning in seasons. Mm. And it was so enlightening because um how my mind naturally works, because I think I think in the in the realm of systems and processes, you know. So I think about if I am doing something now, it has to become this habitual um, output of my life that will last into Forever. eternity. And he was like, no, you know, <laughs> like, like, like you, you got to understand the season that you're in. And many season changes, it's not that your goal or your vision or what you're doing has to shift. Mm-hmm. It just means that how you're doing that thing, you know, how you're running after that thing. There's sometimes when you can sprint towards your goal. There's sometimes when you need to walk. There's sometimes when you need to catch a bus. But you're headed in the same direction, but the season demands are require um, a different method of movement. Mm-hmm. And this is why I think is is so connected to the conversation, uh, or to the point that that Emily was making about balance. You know, because even uh, on my own journey, um, obviously I want to keep family as a glass ball. I don't ever want to drop this. You know, and and obviously with with my traveling and. And different things like that. It's always a a point of discussion, you know. Persons, the first thing that people will always ask, you know, it's like, you know, how is your family doing? Mm-hmm. You know, how is Lynn coping with the traveling, uh, etc. Um, but if I apply the two concepts, one of the things that I'm learning because of the seasons conversation and the balance conversation 
is that I need to understand in this season of my life here are what the glass balls are for sure. I don't think the glass ball of family would ever change no matter the season. But in this in this particular season, with this particular glass balls, with this particular glass ball, actually um, like special requirements mm-hmm. to actually keep this ball up, to keep mm-hmm. juggling the ball of family. So, so what I need to give to my wife who now gives birth to a newborn uh, plus two other toddlers will not be the same thing that I need to give in 18 years, for example. They wouldn't, they wouldn't need the same level of attention, you know? They wouldn't see, need the same, um, the same things as they would need now. So even though it's a glass ball that I want to prioritize, I still need to discern what season is this glass ball in yeah. so that I make sure that I am serving it to the best of my ability. Uh, so that's not just a case where... I, I have my own perceptions of what is needed and I think I'm doing the best job in the world. But I never pause to find out in this particular season, given all that's happening around, what are the priorities? What is the priority thing that I must consistently give to this space? Um, so so that's been on my, on my mind a lot. And I think part of the reason why it's been on my mind is because it appears as though we oftentimes think about the season after we have passed, yeah. you know, so so we look back and we realize, oh, you know, the season has changed. Or we look back and realize our life has changed, our children have changed, you know, the the our marriage has changed, and it's almost like a surprise that you're just reflecting on it. I think I'm thinking more about how how do I how do I see it before it happens? Like how do I preempt? Okay, this is the the season, the time that we are heading into. And in this season, these are the, the priority things that I must do to really make sure that I can I can balance and keep this glass ball up, that I can clearly define to what my rubber balls are mm. and, and know when it is okay to allow some of those to drop. And I also, I also began to realize that there are some rubber balls that I don't even need to have any rotation anymore. You know, right. there are some balls that I just need to get rid of. You <laughs> know, like, still okay. been juggling that don't even need to be there. Anymore. Exactly. <laughs> like, look, let's pass this one on. Yeah. Uh, so, so yeah. So, so those are that's exactly what I'll be thinking about. This actually uh, causes me to think. You know, I, typically I I want to. I mean. Those who know us know, you know, we're, we're passionate about what we do. We want to change the world. We, we wake up on our best days. At least (laughs) we wake up thinking, let's change the city and let's change the nations and let's, and, and there comes a point, I mean, even recently, uh, we've been walking with some of our extended family through some sicknesses and, uh, and illnesses. I mean, even serious kind of, kind of things. And I found myself distracted, you know, and I'm still just as passionate as ever about mobile missionaries and about reaching the city and about doing a lot of those things. But I just noticed, um, well, my emotional and mental energy apparently is elsewhere. Now that doesn't give me an excuse to just say, so I'm going to go watch YouTube. (laughs) I just, it's hard to focus. So I'm not going to try, try to do it, you know, but it also allows me a little bit of leeway. And I'm hearing from both of you as we talk about seasons. And as we talk about balance, it allows me a little leeway to, to not blame myself, but to say at this time in my life, am I, am I 
expecting, maybe it's not my boss, maybe it's not somebody else, but am I expecting too much of myself? Mm. And again, I'm not about like lowering the level. So let's all just do mediocre work. Right. But like, there are certain moments where we have to realize for our own health, this may look a little different in this season or in this time. Yeah. I think that, um, concept of seasonal living too is really good for people that, um, have a call to ministry. And even in this, uh, context, I would say even a missionary call. And that's something that we have come through a season of really trying to figure out what like vocation looks like for Scott and I, and, um, over, I would say a season of five to seven years, God's really been showing us that like the vocation that he's placed within us, that calling is um, multicultural. Like we 100% know that we were created to be in ministry in intercultural spaces, multicultural spaces. Uh, we thrive there. Our our leadership is um, not just successful, but it's like satisfying in, in those types of areas. And as we've been thinking through what that means. I think some people think a missionary call means like I'm a missionary for my whole life. And we thought that as 20 somethings. And I still think that we can and will be missionaries our whole life. Yeah. We still kind of lean that way. Yeah. But we had to like get to this point of Dario, exactly what you're saying of like, so what if being a missionary and living in a different country in order for the vocation to be fulfilled of working cross-culturally, ministering multiculturally. What if that season is 25 years? What if it's 30 years? And what if God says, okay, you've been doing that and my vocation has not changed. However, the season that I'm asking you to step into is going to look different now. The, the ministry aspect of how you fulfill that in your life is going to be different. And, and, and what you were saying earlier, Dario, of the, um, like sometimes we want to plan for permanence, you know, and, and it's like, I'm going to be doing the same thing forever. And it's not that you even heard God wrong or you did something different and that wasn't his will. But I think as I mature in understanding what he wants for us in seasons and even in calling and understanding that deep vocation is the method through which he asks us to serve doesn't always take one form and, and it can look different. It can, it can mean that we have to recreate who we are as people and what we do. And Scott and I have struggled with that. If like, if God calls us to something that is not being a missionary on the field, that is very hard for us. And I don't even know that we've made peace with that yet, to be completely honest with you. However, God has in his provenient grace allowed us to continue to think through that and, and be willing to, as Jesus said, not your will, but mine. Like, like I recognize that you are the sovereign God, that you are guiding every single path. And so if you call us to a different path, we will continue to say yes to that. Yeah, no, I think that's so good. You know, like, and I think what you mentioned is, is sometimes we can adopt such a, a myopic view of both ourselves and of God, you know, like, like we, we try to pigeonhole, like, like force. Like God has worked in this particular way in our lives or in this particular mold, and we think this is how He's going to work forevermore. You know, right. Right. and uh, one of the things, you know, just on on what you were sharing, one of the things that that I've been reflecting on is even in the pursuit, as you mentioned, of of the big idea, 
you know, the thing that God has called us to. Like, the more you think about it, the more you realize there are so many different expressions right. of how that can be achieved. It's a great word. And, and yes, as we think of um, leadership and experience in a particular space, in a particular field, the more time we spend in that space, the more um, our role should change. So, for example, you know, if I started in my journey um, in a mission, just in a, let's, let's use as a missionary, mm-hmm. and the majority of my work in those beginning phases was about mobilizing missionaries, um, discovering and developing and, you know, getting missionaries to be mobilized and seeing them move into the different countries in the region, et cetera. And you do that for a number of years. And naturally, there's going to be a transition that happens because if you do that long enough or well enough, then you begin to raise up other persons around you who have a similar call Mm. and who are extremely passionate about doing what you were responsible for doing. Mm. So then there's a natural transition of my own role where I may not be the one who's primarily doing the discovering and developing and the mobilizing, but now I have a, a, a major mentoring role. Like the, the new season of my of my ministry is now thinking much more about how do I cause these new missionaries who have a similar call who are passionate about um, discovering and developing, how do I position them to do a much better job than I did? And that may, may look more like a mentoring role. That may look more like a role of, no developing systems for training and development and providing other opportunities for these particular um, leaders where they can be able to grow and even do more than I did. Mm-hmm. And then it may be another transition uh, where, you know, as you do that well enough in your part of the world, now you may become the person who oversees two regional um, persons, two different regions of persons who are doing what you're doing. So the example is that the the, the more we function and what we believe God calls us to do, the mm. more we do it with excellence. Yes. I think there there will be natural transitions of responsibility. And that transition uh, will be the direct result of growth. You know, as we do what we did well, naturally persons would emerge who come along and feel a similar calling, a similar passion. And we take the role of how do I get them to do this even better than I did, which means my role change, my season my contribution to this space changes, but it's all heading towards the same direction. And I think it it is something, you know, that I am not consistently um, thinking through because the mistake that can be made in this conversation is thinking um, that if the season changes, that what God has called us to had to change or the vision had to change. And that's not the case. You know, the vision, the calling can remain the absolute same but how we pursue that, how we express that, um, God always reserves the right to change and adjust, you know, how that is done. And it's just our responsibility uh, to be in tune with him and discerning enough to know uh, when God changes. Because there's <laughs> there's nothing more painful than, trying, you know, I, I, I tell my friends, there's nothing more painful than doing summer work in the winter. Like, you don't want to do mm-hmm. summer work in the winter, right. you know? Like, you don't want right. to be working in the season that God has moved from, you know? Like, you've got to be in tune with where God is um, because the grace to do it just want to feel the same, you know? So, That's great. Yeah. 
Well, that was interesting. You even mentioned when when you both initially started talking about this topic, I, I, I hadn't thought about the discipleship aspects of it, you know, and, and if we truly have invested in, in the seasons where we do have all the energy in our mental space and certainly as we're juggling, things are going fairly well. If, if we have been investing in others, then when the time comes where, wow, we've let a few of those rubber balls drop, you know, uh, well, other people, we've equipped them, we've trained them, we've invested in them, and uh, now it's their turn to, to lead. In fact, sometimes those moments where it's by necessity, we wouldn't have, we wouldn't have said, you need to do this. We would have still, uh, I don't want to put it in power terms, but, but we would have still had the authority. We still would have had the title. We still would have said, no, that's on me. I'm going to do that. You know, but because we were not able, because literally we, we can't, can't do it. Uh, someone else ends up doing it and sometimes even does it better than us, you know? So I hadn't even thought about even the implications uh, as we talk about balance and seasons and things, the implications with investing in future generations and, and discipling others. No. So, uh, well, this is, this is good. I did not know, uh, we come into these, these certain episodes where I just ask, Hey, what's been on your mind? And, uh, I didn't know that God had been kind of orchestrating it so that both of you were thinking very similarly. Um, Emily, if someone would like to maybe continue this conversation, how can they do that? Find us on Facebook at the Worthless Servants Podcast. You can also find us online at www.mesoamericagenesis.org. Awesome. We would love to hear from you. And maybe you're in a different season. Maybe you're, uh, you've are you struggled with this, but maybe something that, that uh, Emily or Dario has said has caused you to think a little differently. I know that this has been a process for us, even as a, as, as a couple, Emily, mm-hmm. uh, to really think about and talk about. So, well, good. We are the Worthless Servants, and I'm Scott Armstrong. I'm Emily Armstrong. And I'm Dario Richards. And we will talk with you next time. For more information, visit us on Facebook or at mesoamericagenesis.org.